Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to episode 26 of the Backdoor Cut Show, brought to you by the Barn Burner Podcast Network and Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. Be sure to go and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts, to the Barn Burner Podcast Network and give us a five star rating. You can interact with us on Twitter at Backdoor Cut Show, and you can find me on Twitter at Barn Burner Bro. On today's episode, We will discuss all things Memphis Grizzlies trade-related as we near the upcoming trade deadline. From Mike Conley to Marc Gasol to Jermichael Green, we've got it all. But before we get started, a note from our sponsor, Blue Note Bourbon. Blue Note Bourbon is an artfully crafted small batch bourbon made in the heart of the Bluff City. It represents the soul of the blues and the musicians who got their start in Memphis. Blue Note Bourbon, as smooth as an Ivan Rab baby hook shot. Blue Note, be noteworthy, Memphis. Now let's get it. Welcome to another edition of the Backdoor Cut Show. This is Zach, Barnburner Bro, with my three amigos, Slim, Big Rich, and the Chief. Chief, we'll start off with you. How are you doing? Man, bro, I am good. The weather is delicious outside in Memphis, Tennessee right now. It is is 73 degrees. Everyone's out on Main Street, I can see. Uh, The birds are chirping. The sun is shining. Uh, I was listening to Fleetwood Mac today, the uh, the Rumors album, which, by the way, for anyone listening, check that guy out. That's a good listen. Uh, it'll make you feel good, and it'll make you remember that life is not about basketball and that the Grizzlies do not control how you feel or how you act or how you treat other people. So just a quick little Fleetwood Mac plug there for y'all. Yeah, shots fired, huh? <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily. <laughs> well, what's up? This is Slim, and I've been depressed all week and snapping at Chief and Bro in group texts uh, because of my state of mind that the Grizzlies have caused and have led me to during the, these trade talks. And it's been raining in Southern California for like a week straight. Whoa. So, 
Uh, that's how I'm doing. But <laughs> let's get to it. What's up, Rich? Yo, yo, what's up, man? Yeah, like Chief said, it's a beautiful day here in the M, man. Just got in from a nice afternoon down on the river. You know, people out, the Grizz fit, people are playing some ball down there. It's just it's a good time, good time in the city, aside from the Grizzlies, but uh, and the Tigers yesterday, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good pick-me-up, you know. I'm glad we can mix it in. Some some happy notes, you know. All right, so we're recording this on Sunday afternoon. The Grizzlies just beat the Knicks. Uh, with you know half of their roster being new and half of our roster being out or hurt or waiting to be traded or not waiting to be traded, we'll we'll find out. I guess the deadline is uh, thir- trade deadline is this Thursday, so we will have a few days to maybe make some moves or, as Mason is very assured, not make any moves and have <laughs> the same team <laughs> similar to uh, kind of how it was last year. But uh, today in our show, we'd like to break down some of the rumors, just kind of go over them, see, uh, discuss the validity of them, or if Memphis should consider them, pursue them, or just kind of look for something else or stay put on them. So just tossing that up. That's a hot topic in the NBA this week. I know we got the Super Bowl happening later today, but if you're a hoop head like the four of us are, then this is probably what you've spent most of your time thinking about, not necessarily uh, the Super Bowl. I know that might be blasphemous, but that that's just the truth. All right, so first one on the docket. Um, a rumor surfaced, uh, I think like Wednesday, Thursday, something like that, of the interest that the Blazers, Portland Trail Blazers, might have in Marcus Saul. So obviously Mark and Mike, have been uh, publicly have been uh, told they're going to be traded or they're look, they're being shopped at least. And the Blazers have co- come forth as a suitor for, uh, for Mark. So uh, Rich, do you have any thoughts, thoughts on that? Some of the buzz that you've been hearing, uh, some of the combinations of potential player moves and stuff on that uh, trade. What have you thought? Yeah, I think um, for me, when I saw the Blazers deal, I think, you know, anytime you're getting back Nurkic, Evan Turner, possibly Miles Leonard, possibly Zach Collins in the first, like, dude, I'd, I'd pull the trigger on that, like, in a heartbeat. Like, Nurkic is a solid contributor. Evan Turner is kind of like a Swiss Army knife, can kind of plug in, do whatever. Uh, Miles Leonard and Zach Collins are two young bigs with upside, with range. And, you know, granted, um, you know, their pick might not be that high, but also so possibly getting Wade Baldwin back, our old friend Wade Baldwin. Uh, possibly back as well in the deal. Uh, so for me, I think out of a lot of the trades, you know, that I'm sure we'll get into throughout the show, um, the Blazers one is definitely, definitely, definitely one that I would love to see the Grizzlies pull the trigger on. But, you know, the Grizzlies are probably not going to pull the trigger on it. Do, do you think that the Blazers would actually include Nurkic in a move uh, like that? Because I know he's like a lot younger. Yeah, like right. $10 million cheaper, I think. I, I would right. be really... I'd be shocked if that. they did, like, because, you know, when you think of their, like, you know, we throw around the term big three kind of loosely nowadays, but their big three, you know, if you will, is McCullum, Lillard, and Nurkic. Uh, I would think they would be asinine to send Nurkic our way, but, you know, as a Grizzly fan, I would be more than willing to welcome Nurkic to Bluff City. Any other thoughts from from the other guys on that one or what you've been hearing about Portland and Marcus All? So Portland just completed a trade. They got Rodney Hood. They sent out Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin and some draft picks, I think. 
So they, they do appear to be in on winning this year. They needed some wing help. Um, but like you guys said, I don't, I don't see why Portland would even think about doing this deal um, in, the, in the least bit. Yeah, because Nurkic, let's see, he's making 12 through 21, 22. I mean, that, he, and he's putting up like about the same amount of production as Gasol. I mean, I think if they offer that to you, then that checks your box of, you know, young player. Yeah. And if they're offering a first, then, you know, it's going to be late, but I don't care. I mean, I think honestly getting a first for Mark is pretty aggressive in that if, if anyone offers us a first form in any manner, that's probably something we should really consider. That's what we discussed when we first started talking about these was how we want either a young player or a first. Uh, so to get potentially both is obviously a home run, I think. And, and the Blazers, like, like Mason said, seem to be ready to deal there. They can't get over that hump. You know, people are questioning whether McCollum and, and Lillard can actually yeah. do anything in the playoffs. And um, they're, they're, a, you know, a NBA hungry market over there so i think they're trying to do things and you know Nurkic is probably better than mark right now to be honest with you but but mark has that that pedigree i think that right or not it's like one of those things it's like kind of a a a move by the blazers to say hey look we're going out and getting a guy who is like a you know like a what we used to know as an all-star center so that's that might be more like us going and getting jeff green which wasn't a good idea but like that you know at the time we thought it was like we were like, oh, this is a really athletic wing player. We've been saying we needed for to put with the the core four. Uh, so I think it could be like that. I think the Blazers maybe could be in that mental state that we were back when we traded for Jeff Green. Yeah. yeah. So so getting a haul back like that would kind of go against what Zach Lowe wrote in his latest article for ESPN about Mark, and he said. There's not been much buzz about Gasol, though he is hoping for a trade. Sources familiar with the matter say teams are waiting to see if the Grizzlies' asking price drops a bit. Um, so I, who knows what the Blazers are actually offering? But I, like, if if they were offering that as the return haul, then I think we would have to do it. it let me ask you: if they don't, if Nurkic is not in there, but everything else is, no. <laughs> you don't do it. I don't think so. Not even for that first rounder. Uh, if, I that, mean, if, it, if the first round still included, but no Nurkic I, and they just I, fill someone else in there. But it, am I going to, I'd rather not take on Evan Turner. Um, and, and What's his I, contract like for the rest? I mean, you probably have to, to make the money work, right? Yeah. So Turner's making uh 17.8 this year and then 18.6 next year. And so he's off the books after next year. Okay. So well, I'm going to need a young player too, I think. <laughs> So you want, you you're out. You the first round pick's not enough for you. Yeah, because it's not good enough. It's not going to be good enough for me. Okay. I feel like I feel like we should be able to get a better return. Well, apparently the Grizzlies do too. If their asking price is high, so I I hope that is the case. Right. But I think that me personally seeing a first round pick out there for Mark is probably I'm almost maybe jumping a little bit too fast to get that. Because recently he had been playing, he's starting to play up to that like return now, but not he was not at all. But well, well, listen, when, when Gasol wants to play, he's still really good. But when he's discontent, he's not. So a change of scenery and a chance to win, you would think he would he would have a good mood and be be good mark going forward. Good mark going forward. Well put. Well put. All right, another 
a team that I haven't really seen much, but it's been tossed about a little bit is a, the Spurs. So some folks are talking about a Mark, Mark and Pal swap, which I'm not sure what, have, have you guys seen anything else on that one at all? Uh, or just, that's the basics of it, a Mark uh, for Pal swap. Yeah, I think it's just something like that, and it's just a natural fit knowing the there's been mutual interest between Gasol and the Spurs franchise before. So uh, it would be really, it would probably be the coolest of all Gasol trades, but it may not bring back the best return for the Grizzlies. Yeah, if you, it doesn't get my nipples hard unless you throw DeJounte Murray in uh, or Lonnie. I mean, Lonnie hurt though, so, but I like him. I like him as a young prospect. And at first, you know, I mean, what is it literally a Mark Powell straight up swap is what the trade is? Or is there any? So they need about $8 million. Yeah. Uh, Powell's at 16. Mark's at like 25, I think. Okay. Oh. Dude. Yeah. You throw in DeJounte Murray or Lonnie Walker or, you know, even, uh, what is it? Derek White yeah. uh, or what have you. Uh, any of their cards. And then we're Powell, you know, then we're talking. But if you're talking Mark and Powell straight up, like, no, I'm good, love. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, those definitely any of those guards would uh, make me listen a little bit longer for sure because they, they've all shown promise. Uh, Lonnie, not so much, but Derek White or DeJounte Murray, then yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know Derek White went off against us earlier in, this year in San Antonio. He might be taking stepping into Patty Mills' shoes. Mm. Patty Mills. And, and Mark is theoretically a fit next to LaMarcus. LaMarcus likes to play down on the low block still. Mm. Uh, and Mark likes to be more of the four man now out facilitating the offense. So it's a nice fit. And, you know, Mark likes to move the ball the Popovich way. So I guess that's just kind of where those come from. Just just people speculating. I don't think there's been anything actually reported on the on it. That would be like the oldest team like DeRozan's twenty nine. LMA's 33. Patty Mills, he's 30. I didn't realize that. Rudy Gay's 32. Bellinelli's 32. That's a that's a veteran group right there. Yeah, it kind of fits their age, too, that someone said that. Like, he fits, like, the, the Spurs are obviously not trying to tank ever, it seems like. So he fits into that age and prestige and, like, pop system, like, uh, like Slim said. So what do we think about Mark to the Hornets? I know that's one that's been discussed, too. Who, who's willing to talk about that deal? I think it's I think, just a natural fit, right? Yeah, right, they, like they need like they need a center. I think Zeller's getting most of their minutes there now, and he's he's getting overpaid for what he's able to do. And I know they really want to get off that Batum contract. Uh, he's making a pretty close to what Mark is making, but for an extra year. So I guess would you would you take on that Batum contract if they sent that in a first for Gasol? No, I need a young player too. I think. So you uh, have to throw in someone else on our end and then yeah, yeah. they match it with, yeah. Like a Malik Monk or something. Malik Monk. Is Malik often what Monk. everyone says, which I don't know what I think about him because he he really is like, he has like all the upside intangibles, athletic as hell, but he's really small, like weirdly small for a two guard. Uh, he's like, he's like six two, six three. He kind of looks like a point guard. He really didn't look much bigger than Conley, but he plays bigger. I always thought he was like six six in my head. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, like a guy like that, that's kind of what we're looking to get here. So I, I think it'd be a, a reasonable deal. And the first could end up being decent if, uh, you know, if the, the Hornets kind of keep on their trajectory. I know they're maybe, what, eight, seven seed playoff bound. So I don't know. Yeah, I think Malik Monk's like pretty enigmatic. But, you know, you're talking young prospect, first rounder. And I mean, if we have to take on Batum's contract, then so be it. But if they're throwing in a young and a first, they've got my interest. 
Yeah, sure. I'm listening. I'm listening. Yeah, I'd rather take on Biombo's contract than Batum's because I think Batum has three years left. Um, but definitely a chance to get Malik Monk. That, that's the type of talent you're looking to acquire right now, that lottery-level talent with superstar potential. Um, and, you know, to kind of grow along Jaron, and we'll see with guys like Bruno, who got his uh, second 10-day second today. Shout yeah, Bruno. Bruno. 20 uh, days from being 20 days away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I, I don't really know if Bruno is going to be a legitimate NBA player, but – Hey, let's let's take a chance and see and that's that's kind of my thinking with Malik Monk is he does have some potential we just saw him up close and personal he can score the ball um and could be a Monte Ellis type player and could be really fun Memphis is close to his home in Arkansas so yeah I would definitely talk to Charlotte and see what they want to do because we know Michael Jordan and company want to make the playoffs yeah, I agree. I'm I'm a little more hesitant to take on the Batum contract since it is three years. But when I like when I sit down and think about it, it's like that's not in the range where we're going to be. We should be trying to be good anyway. It's really like year, like three years from now. You know, so year. I guess that's technically year four. That's kind of when I think, and we'll talk about that later on. But kind of when I think we should shoot to like be competing for the playoffs again and anything we try to do like a win now before that, that is going to end up disastrous and we're going to end up making some bad decisions. Yeah. And then uh, that final year, it could be a, another asset that you trade away to get more picks or whatever. Right. So, so who knows? It, it wouldn't be a deal breaker for me, but I would just not want to start there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. We've already, yeah, we've already seen our share of $25 million players go awry. Uh, another one uh, seen floating around is Mark to Detroit. And they actually, I believe, I don't know if it's on like express interest in Mark and Mike. Um, so it'd be like the Grizzlies North. Yeah, I guess it's pretty straight up Northeast a little bit. I don't know. Geography is hard, uh, but uh, someone they're looking at is Gasol. So something, a trade that I saw was, you know, Drummond, Reggie Jackson, Stanley Johnson, Bruce Brown, the first. Oh, that's for Mark and Mike. So that's like a huge overhaul. Fuck that. I, I yeah. would text that shit with a 10-foot pole. Yeah. First of all, Stanley Johnson on my bum list. He can't be here. He's a, he, they won't lie him through the airport. That's there. It's like the no-fly kind of thing. Tony Allen will uh, reappear at the airport. He, he, well, he lives there, actually, I think, right? <laughs> I think he's like, commercials. Yeah, I think he's officially done with that. Yeah. They're seeking uh, a new airport spokesperson. Justice yeah. Winslow, however, it, if he ever was on my bum list, is no longer. I don't think he was, but uh, <laughs> not. So he's allowed in the city. <laughs> he's off no fly restrictions. Good. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he ever was on it, but, you know, just to clear the record here. Maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> yeah. And so just to give folks an idea, Drummond's contract, who would be like the main piece of that, he's making 25 this year, 27 next, and then got a player option for 28 in the third year he's 25 years old you know gets boards but i don't know if that's necessarily like i feel like that's just a really big investment for what we're trying to do at this point well here's a wrinkle i mean that you know he could play next to jaron just kind of grab boards and jaron could be could play his more finesse spot that he likes to play because we see he doesn't he's not a big rebounder at this point in his career so drummond could focus on that you know and he's still young enough to reasonably be part of something if it worked out so that's a, a devil's advocate of that. Yeah. 
do you guys is he is Drummond or like Reggie Jackson who's making 17 this year 18 next year which of those like would you most like to stay away from in any Reggie, sort of deal? Reggie Reggie Jackson I don't know what like my my beef is I just I just can't man I can't he torched I can't. us in the playoffs though uh, he did. He did. I yeah. remember that. That might stem some of it. That that yeah. could be why it's that and that's so prevalent. But uh, yeah, man, it's just drumming Jackson. It just doesn't seem like it's like conducive to like the timeline we're building. Crazy that Drummond's only 25 years old. I feel like he's been around. All right. Forever. Yeah. Uh, and Stanley Johnson. Nah, man. Bust. I just maybe a change of scenery will help him. He has all the physical tools. When he was in Arizona, I was like, damn, man, this dude's about to like come out and like kill it. But it just... It just doesn't happen in Detroit with those wings, man. Stanley Johnson, Henry Ellison, Kennard showing some life, but yeah. Yeah, I see, I'd like up. to have Kennard, man. Like I and, and for if I'm giving out Conley and Gasol, I want two first, I think. Because to oh, me, sure. Jackson is an expiring basically not an, I don't know if he's technically expiring, but he's a he's a dump to make the salary work. He's not like an asset player, in this deal. That's yeah. that's them yeah. saying here have this guy because we can't afford Mike and Mark unless this bums off our team. Uh so they they would look at Stanley Johnson as an asset. So I would nix him, get Kennard instead. Drummond's kind of a, I don't know, like they probably think he's an asset. I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, but for both Conley and Gasol, like two first rounders, I mean, that's what I'd be fighting for. So if if they're just trying to get Mark, what would you want in return for just say Mark Gasol from Detroit? Drummond Jackson first rounder. That would, that would do it for you. Yeah. Cause that first round is going to be good too. Like yeah, Detroit's they're not gonna, good. Yeah, they're they're gonna win. They're gonna be like the Heat. Uh, if, Ooh, if, yeah. Maybe not, maybe not even that good. They're gonna win like low thirties uh, for in perpetuity now because they're not doing anything to get better or worse. Yeah, give me that future first rounder. Right. Yeah. Like that's that's when you mm. fuck them. Like just like how we just how Danny Ainge, uh, you know, made love to us forcefully. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's not right. To do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't make love, really. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm like talking. I'm, I'm getting talked into Drummond if possible. Do yeah. I? You just do Tenacious D there? You impressed? Um, I may not know. I may not know that Limp Biscuit covered Brett Michaels, but. No, no, no. Brett Michaels George leads my poison, my guy. <laughs> do Brett I? Michaels. Yeah. Uh, credibility there. It's well, okay. I didn't, I, that's not an area I had credibility in anyway, though. Oh, that's okay. Tenacious D was good. Okay. <laughs> what are you saying? Oh, I don't. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Drummond. Uh, yeah, I guess I could like be talked into it, maybe. Oh, that's your boy. Come on now. <laughs> we know that. Yeah, like, last year, you were like, oh, he should be captain of the All Star team and like first team All NBA and the yeah, like, Why is he not picking yeah. teams? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He can shoot free throws now, I think, he or at least he started off the year shooting. I mean, Jeremy might hit it off, too, man. Drummond's like an easygoing, fun loving, happy go lucky guy. Like, they might be besties, bro. Jeremy I think, he, I think he bit really well next okay, to Okay, fine, fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, man. Just two yeah, guys. No, that that is an interesting one. Dude. What I did <laughs> not really <laughs> care mess with. Man. Is... Bring Reggie Jackson down too. We'll see how how much fun him and Blake Griffin are having. Blake oh, Griffin. Yeah. We'll just bring in all these guys that want to have fun. Yeah. Let's just... <laughs> Any deal with Detroit got to start with Kennard and some of those young guys, man. But I got to be honest. I I don't want Drummond or Jackson or in, anything they have to offer, really. <laughs> so that's a, I don't, I, I, we're running out of options for me. That, that's why I'm finding these deals hard to come by. But the first round, you don't think you don't first round doesn't make you listen. You don't care about, cause that's going to be, that's a good pick. Whereas like when you talked about the blazes earlier, maybe not so much, but this could get a future first round. It could be a lottery pick. 
Yeah, if I get a first and Brown or Kennard or Kyrie Thomas, then then I'm listening. Okay. Yeah, so so right now Detroit and Tankathon, they're ninth. So if you think that I mean they they'll probably hover around that range. Probably I would assume probably get worse. I don't see them like doing anything to actually get better. So if you if you say you're getting a ninth and then if it's a future, they're probably worse than that. So that's that's pretty enticing. Dude, even yeah. if it's the next year, even if it's a 2019 pick like that, you yeah, put Mark on that team. So, <laughs> well, I think I think any deal with the Pistons is going to have to be for Mike. I don't think they're going to give us enough uh, with Mark. I don't think they're going to be willing to do that because they they have Drummond. Like what? You know that wouldn't make sense to me really. I think the the best thing for them would be to pair Mike with Blake. Like on the court, pair them. Yeah, and then yeah. I think that would also be, allow us to get the the return that we're looking for. Okay, okay. I don't. Do you think Mike on the the Pistons, and it, like, do you think they win substantially more games? Like they can make or, a playoff run, they could get, get in as the eight or seven seed this year, probably. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I would think so. He's definitely better than Reggie Jackson, so I would, it stands to reason they win more games. But they're but, never going to be great because they're not getting free agents and they can't draft for shit, really. <laughs> so Yeah. So, I, yeah, I mean, I think those first-rounders would be good. Yeah, they're, only, they're a few games out of the playoffs in the East right now. Uh, like So maybe that could push them over the edge, but there's also just as much chance that it won't work out for them. So uh, Detroit, so we'll... Keep our ears to the ground on that one. That's kind of interesting, um, depending on first-round picks and such. Another one out there is Toronto potentially being a suitor for Mark to kind of shore up their front court a little bit. So one trade that I came across was C.J. Miles, Valanchunas, and a 2020 first-rounder. No, I mean, that, that didn't really fit the at all the – CJ Miles and Valachunas are older, and that first rounder is going to be bad. bad. So I, I, that didn't do it for me, really. I'd rather do Blazers. Because their pick will be better. Pick will be better, and you, yeah, yeah. I think their pick will be better. And well, didn't we get a, you know, a, a younger? I mean, I, I'd rather have Evan Turner, I think, than just because he's expiring. I mean, I don't, CJ Miles and Valachunas, like, what are they? They might even help us win games, really. Like, Valachunas is pretty good. Yeah, he right now he's averaging twelve and twelve and seven. Uh, he's played in thirty games. I think he's had some injury problems. He wasn't playing uh, the last time we played uh, against Toronto, and he's he's only playing in eighteen minutes a game. So like his per thirty six, he's the second he's the second in scoring uh, behind Kawhi, and his per thirty six of twenty four points. So, I mean he he's a decent seems to be a decent like you know middle of his career player. But it, so your concern that would be that he's winning, he's like too good and would help us win games between this year and next year. I guess the, yeah, I mean that a little bit, but then more so the first rounder wouldn't be as, as good. I mean, I guess it's possible Kawhi leaves and then they start tank, they start the tank, you know, like uh, right. and next year even. And then, so this is even that next year. So, or I guess, yeah, yeah, this is, this will be, this will be the next year season. So if Kawhi leaves and they got an aging Lowry on the ra- roster, they could go into full blow it up. So, you know, if you want to bet the futures there, you know, see what yeah. happens. Yeah. I'm really interested to see, I hadn't thought about that too much, but Toronto, once they get, you know, 
If if Leonard they, doesn't resign there, they've then they're, said they're going to blow up. Like they they've oh, said, have they okay yeah they, I mean you know in so many words they're like hey we're going to swing big now but then but basically their idea was either we can just keep like winning a pretty good amount of games with Lowry and DeRozan but never getting over that hump or we can swing big now to try to resign Leonard and make the finals and if that doesn't work out then we're tanking which is what would have happened anyway whenever you know Lowry and DeRozan got too old and so they're like you know swing big now. And then if they have to tank, then whatever. But I think that's that's what they'll do if uh, Kawhi walks. But shit, I don't know. I'm not. I don't own the Raptors. <laughs> and they've got some interesting young pieces too, like OG and Obi, uh, Fred Van Fleet, Delon Wrights. Maybe some some young guards that we could potentially squeak out of them uh, if we include another role player or something. So I, I'd be down to talk shop with the Raptors just because of the depth of their roster. Yeah, man. I like Pascal. I'm a big Pascal fan. Oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I can't he's, imagine us getting an all star. Right? Yeah, I fucking love Pascal, man. Yeah, he'd be a great Grizz. He, he's just yeah. I fucking, how do these teams find these guys? I mean, <laughs> we 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 have to draft in like literally like the top four in order to get anyone that matters. Like, and even when we do, sometimes we draft the worst like lottery pick of all time. <laughs> oh god, dude. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, per uh, so the Grizz played in New York this afternoon, and per Amari Sankofa, the beat the Grizzlies beat writer for the Athletic, uh, Mark's agent called him uh, during the post game in New York City, and Mark just he he saw it and turned it over his phone over and was like I I'm not new, or I'm not in the mood right now for this I still want to enjoy this this meaning like the fact that the Grizzlies actually won a game is probably I don't even know when the last couple weeks probably this was a really rough week for him with the having leads blowing it and then stepping out just, of bounds call it yeah. towns <laughs> hey, you not rhyme, bro yeah. <laughs> bounds, carl anthony towns hey hey <laughs> yeah and you uh, you got to imagine mark and mike are just ready for something to happen whether it's you know staying in memphis and building for, towards the future or getting traded uh, this has been going on for like two weeks now. So you can, like, I can only imagine their mental state is like, all right, just something please happen so I can get settled in and like just get ready to move forward. Yeah. And I appreciated what Mark said uh, last week about, he's like, you know, he's been asked every day about being traded. He's like, you know, if I stay here, that's great. If I get traded, I hope that the team gets a lot back in return. Like, I just want to, like he still enjoys Memphis as a city and everything and wants, wants the best for the fans and stuff. So he hopefully gets a, a good return back. And I'm sure that's like an ego thing also where you want to like not be like, oh, I was worth a sack of potatoes. Well, that's really cool. You want yeah. like a good haul when you get traded as well. I would assume, you know, for my days of being traded. <laughs> yeah, you just don't want it to drag out, man. Like, no, Wolves dropped that bomb. Like, what was that? Almost two weeks ago. And then, like, you look at the Knicks, man. Like, they met with Porzingis at like nine a.m. He was traded by like one p.m. Like, it's like literally they nixed it, got it out there, got Dennis Smith Jr. and DeAndre Jordan starting this afternoon. Like, they nixed it. Carl Anthony Towns stepping out of bounds. Mixtape coming soon. The Knicks nixed. (laughs) And on the uh, on the Knicks broadcast today, their team president said that they had eight offers on the table for KP, and then they they went with the Mavs one. So uh, Hmm. they they didn't dangle him out there to have to deal with the media for two weeks like we've done Mike and Mark. But you know, it is what it is. 
Right. It's, yeah. it's much easier to trade Chris Chris Porzingis as well than it is Mike and Mark. So, uh, uh, especially yeah, when when their goal was just to open up <laughs> open up cap space. Great move there, New York. <laughs> New York. It's easy to make moves when you have no vision moving forward, and like there's you don't have a plan to get better, which could very well be the case with the Grizzlies right now. Um, but you would think that the Grizzlies are going into these meetings with you know here's all for a if this doesn't work we're, we're going to take offer b from this team so i i would assume they're still in the gathering information phase because zach Lowe and a bunch of other national guys expected this weekend for the trades to really heat up and nothing's happened <laughs> like absolutely nothing other than the portland trade today for rodney hood so maybe maybe they're just acquiring offers hey maybe they're getting more offers than we're being made aware of they're getting so many offers they don't know which one to choose from mm. and uh they're going to surprise us with a good good move here soon i like to hear that uh, little mentality where did that come, come from yeah you heard my son shining in memphis man <laughs> I don't get you there, huh? Yeah, I'm gonna have to write a review for that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving uh from Mark, uh switch into Mr. Mike Conley. Uh so like last week is last Friday, and then again this Friday, some more reports have surfaced about Mike Conley, uh the jazz being a potential suitor for him. So uh and oh also this time has been updated to Ricky Rubio's like the centerpiece of of this trade. So a lot of people have speculated uh, that the trade involves, you know, Rubio favors or, you know, some other combination of players and a future first round pick. So that was the future first round pick was definitely called out there um, by the folks reporting it. And then sounds like Memphis pulled back on it because they were wanting more for Mike and, you know, we're here like three days later, haven't heard, still hadn't heard anything. So uh, no triggers have been pulled there, but the jazz, I know we talked about them, you know, a couple of weeks ago in our emergency pod. Uh, what are, what are the thoughts around the jazz? Kind of what do you, what's the minimum? Uh, we'll start with you, Mason. What's the minimum that you would want from Utah in a trade for Mike? Um, so I, I, I don't mind Rubio or favors and, you know, if Rubio were to sign for a couple more years at a low price, he, he would ideally be a good point guard for Jaron to have and learn from, cause he would just be diamond Jaron out the ass. Um, and that would allow Jaron to like score 40 multiple times, I think. Um, but for me with the jazz, I would need the pick like we like Tony Jones from the athletic has reported out there in Salt Lake. But I also need Exum or Grayson Allen. Um, just I want I want somebody who can play and who has potential to to be on the court with Jaron Jackson and grow over these next two years or potentially longer than that moving forward. Um, Exum, of course, is making like ten million a year, so the Jazz believe he's somewhat good at basketball, and they've been around him more than any other franchise, and they they seem reluctant to give him up. So. That's kind of helped me warm up to Exum since we wrote that article a week or two ago. Um, but I, I, Grayson Allen, I'll listen to, and it, it pains me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Any other – does anyone else have, like, uh, you know, something that they would be looking for out of this deal? Is a one first round or not enough? Are you not making the play if there's not two involved? Like, is that a deal breaker? Dude, I, I like – 
I would love to get Rubio back. Um, I think the solid deal for me is Rubio a first. I'd love Dante Exum as well. Like if we get Dante Exum, who's still relatively young, six foot six, like Exum, Rubio, first rounder. Um, favors, if they want to throw favors in, that's cool. If favors isn't involved, I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, and I would love to see Mike balling out for the Jazz in the playoffs too, man. So I think it'd be a solid move for all parties involved. Yeah, and the thing with both Rubio and Favors, Rubio this year is expiring, so you might be able to flip him to another team. And I believe Definitely Favors yeah. has another year, and then he would be expiring. And he's he's a solid post player, you know. Yeah. So I, I've kind of been thinking lately that the best deal for the Grizzlies might involve a three a three team trade because we might be getting some contracts back that we don't necessarily need or want this year, but another team might find them beneficial. So that's that's why it's you know you gotta know all the options on the table and you kind of have gotta have a good pulse on what is going on around the league and who is in the market for what so that you can be able to reroute these guys that you don't want. Yeah, the expiring contract in the NBA has become like almost as good as a pick. Like it's really so weird. Like the with the teams that are trying to clear cap space uh, for particular big free agency swings and upcoming summers, and uh, I mean it, it's as much of an you will see teams trade assets for expiring contracts, which is kind of a a bizarre thing to wrap your head around if you're not like diving into this shit like we've been. But yeah, I like y'all said what I mean. I, I would take Rubio first and Exum or Grayson Allen. I want a young guy too. Um, I think that uh, that would be fair. And Derek favors if we need to make the money work. But I mean, I don't have anything to to add to that trade. I, I, but I do that. I, I do that trade. Like I, I might even do Rubio favors and, and a first rounder, just because I think first round picks. We've seen how hard they are to acquire. We don't have a lot of them ourselves. I feel like, uh, and it feels like we're losing the next four of them because of that Celtics deal, just because of the weird <laughs> staggered nature of it. But and I know we're not. But the point being, like you can take two first rounders in the twenties and package them together and trade up in the draft or just do interesting things. So they are really, really, really valuable assets. So you can't just look at them as the face value for, um, and, and also teams have crazy years. Think about like, no one would have thought that last year, what would have happened to us, you know, like no one thought would have projected us to be picking fourth in the draft last year. And now granted, if we didn't have our pick, we would have probably operated differently. But because we did, we tanked and, and went for Jaron. But the point being, injuries happen and like picks can be better than you think uh, in years. So you can't always like think, oh, Jazz are pretty good. So this pick won't be good. Maybe it is. And even if it's not, like you can get good players late in the first and you can also trade picks. So stockpiling first rounders is something that I got. I'm super keen on. And, uh, and so anytime you say first rounder, my ears perk up. Really? I mean, I, I'm, I'm at least talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sounds like the solid snakes. Uh, thing when he sees a soldier you guys play metal gear solid okay bad refy bad refy let's move on <laughs> know your crowd know your crowd yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> KYC, kyc some folks listening and he was like oh i know exactly what he's talking about the little like exclamation point appears above the soldier's head when you like when someone sees you you're sneaking around and shit okay that's what, I got. that's what i got and then also in indiana uh there's been some some chatter uh regarding them wanting to you know, they had uh, Old Depot's out for the season. They're still doing really well in the East. Are they going to want to try to upgrade and fight through this season? Or are they going to want to just say, ah, screw this. This is not going to work out. We need to better our draft position. So uh, there's someone who's been potentially looking at Mike uh, from what what we've seen. Uh, sort of a package maybe regarding Tyreek, Corey Joseph, Collison, 
Um, and then, you know, some other names have been tossed to Brown, Sabonis, Miles Turner, you know, really like, Ooh, like <laughs> what would, <laughs> they're, really, they're, they're not giving up Sabonis, dude. Hey, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't. They but might got to give up one of them, Sabonis uh, or Turner. Yeah, They've already yeah, paid Turner. Oh, I love Sabonis. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm. He's like Jermichael Green, but times like 12, you know. Hey, we need to be calling and asking. Something <laughs> shit. Because we people, know he can rebound. People do shit. All, I mean, people, they do it all the time, man. Like, uh, they just get in desperate situations and think like, oh, you, I mean – why are we going to negotiate against ourselves and assume a team's not going to do something without at least, and it, and it might've very well called them and the Pacers could have told us to go fuck ourselves. I don't know, but right. And, mm-hmm. and none of those three Pacers guards do anything for me, but if we could reroute them somewhere, you know, because they are playoff caliber guards, or if we could talk about Aaron holiday, y'all know, I like my holiday brothers. So uh, it, he's shown some promise. I, I'd be cool with him and Jaron, uh, him and Jaron Perrin. <laughs> Damn man, someone getting out of control. Control. Yeah, yeah. Is this gonna be a rap battle good. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what would you take for a first round pick? Ah, sorry, <laughs> I got carried uh, away. You, Andy King, you a sucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Sabonis so is a guy I've liked for you know a little bit now. Ever since I picked him up in fantasy like last year, and realized that he. He gets a lot of points and rebounds, which are very important things in basketball, something that the Grizzlies do not have right now <laughs> since the Zebo days. Those have been like an area we've really struggled in. So um, I mean, I'd call him. I'd talk to him, see if, if there's a first-round pick involved because I don't think Mike's going to put him up over the top. You know, that pick could end up better than some of the other teams that we've talked about. So that, that was an interesting one to keep an eye on. And then Friday night or Saturday night, Kevin O'Connor reported that uh, of the ringer that Houston is trying to shop Brandon Knight and a first round pick to, to, so basically a first round pick to get off Brandon Knight's contract. And they're in discussions with Memphis for Jermichael green. So based on the money, it'd probably be Jermichael and temple uh, for Brandon Knight and a first round pick. So how do we feel about that? <laughs> do what? Can we get some seconds in there too? You know, that, I, yeah, I, I, would like a, I, I would like a little more for both of those guys. I, I totally think that's fair. Cause I think, you know, Jermichael's like worth late round first or, you know, early second and then temples follow. He's worth a second rounder at least. So I think that, you know, doing you the favor of taking this contract off your hand and then a couple picks. I think that, to me, that's worth it at least. I don't know if anyone disagrees. What is Brandon Knight making? Like, what's his contract? Uh, it's like 14 or something like that. Mm. Like, I mean, I just went on my first round pick to raid a little bit ago. So, I, I mean, if you can just get another one. I know this one similarly may not be super high, depending on when it is. But, you know, future first rounders, you just take those and, and collect them. Uh, and so, I, I, I do it. I mean, obviously, like, I... If I can get a couple seconds, that'd be great. But it's not like if they said, nope, fuck you, uh, you know, first round or not, then I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'm asking about Daniel House as well, mm-hmm. the two-way player, seeing, you know, hey, can we get him and convert that contract? Um, so, but yeah, I, I'd, I'd be willing to listen to that. For for Jamichael and Garrett, two guys you don't see in the future plans for the Grizzlies really at all. 
Um, but maybe trading them separately brings back more assets. I, we have no way of knowing what the offers are. Yeah, I think one guy you got to trade for this before Thursday is Jamichael because I think he has a like he's had a solid year. He's got he should draw a, a decent amount like in return. Like I said, late first, early second. Uh, I mean, who doesn't need backup four to kind of shore up their their roster? Most teams do. Most teams don't have Sabonis coming off the bench helping them out. Yeah, so as I long th- as they don't look at his advanced defensive statistics, <laughs> man, then, then we should be good to go, man. We should be able to get a first round. <laughs> Stay off the Syner- Synergy Sports and everything. <laughs> NBA teams looking for looking at Jim Michael. Oh, I'm sure they don't even look at any of the you know the stats or anything when they look <laughs> at these players. Probably, so we're probably good. It's like a dartboard, right? It's just. Uh, yeah, well, I, we have to wonder what the Knicks deal process is. I think they cut off a bunch of chickens' heads. And then they let them run around and wherever they die on, like just a bunch of faces of NBA players. That's how they decide things. But I don't know. Man, so so KP and uh, Luca in our division for years to come, that, that, that doesn't sound too fun. That's pretty I mean, neat. It, it's fun to go see, but yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't sound like, you know, that's going to be a tough matchup four times a year. Yeah, most definitely. All right, so a couple other – moving on to – I guess Garrett Temple and Jermichael Green, so kind of staying the same. Uh, Portland's looking to shore up their roster a little bit, so some things been tossed around for a Jermichael Garrett Temple package. Uh, Harkless Stoskas, well, I guess they just traded Stoskas, didn't they? So that one cancel. Uh, Jermichael and Garrett for Zach Collins and Mo Harkless. Does that spark any interest? I think I'm I'm liking this next one that's on here. No, yeah, go to that because that one doesn't do nothing for me. All right, <laughs> so we get Evan People, Turner. Can we talk about Zach Collins for a second, though? People love his ass, and I don't know why. Like, <laughs> what, what does he do? Like, I mean, he's a fine backup big man, you know. But <laughs> people, but people talk like everyone's always like Zach Collins. Well, this man, this guy's a player. Like, he, you know, he. I don't know. I feel like there's this weird like fanboy love for Zach Collins. It might just be that he's a white guy in Portland. Yeah, you, I, you, you hit it. You hit the nail right on the head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Okay, okay, okay. Enjoy some uh, espresso and wear a flannel, my guy. And go to the bookstore. Hey, that sounds fun, actually. Shit, I just described myself. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Biggest bookstore in some region, the country, something like that. Yeah. And here's the last one is. Evan Turner, Caleb Swan again, 2019 first, and Miami's 2021 second pick. So you do get a first out of the deal and a future second, but you got to take Evan Turner. Yeah, I mean, we ain't spending money anywhere else. So, uh, and, we, and we get Caleb Swan again. I feel like he's another guy that he has a weird cult following. They're just full of guys like that in Portland. Uh, Biggie, Biggie Swan again. I, it's not my favorite deal, but it's better than nothing for those two guys. You think that's better than the Rockets deal? I guess we get that additional second. Yeah, it's probably yeah. better than the Rockets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the first round pick's probably going to be better. That's true. Yeah, unless the house is somehow involved, like you said, Mason, then that's like an actual tangible, like pretty good player. At least, I mean, he started a whole bunch of games for Houston while they were doing their their comeback. Or hard, obviously Harden was scoring like fifty a game, but he was also starting in those games. He and he already reached his. He's on a two way, so he already reached his like halfway point. 
Yeah, it's forty already days. before the before the All Star game. So clearly they needed him, and he's been helpful on like a, a good team. So I, he he's a player that excites me. Um, in news and notes, Caspi he had a meniscus tear, and he ah had, damn it. <laughs> man was just playing well getting some trade value goes out there and tears his meniscus man that, that's unfortunate timing for this franchise and yeah him. i mean yeah whatever <laughs> Damn. I, I mean, uh, uh, the cash god you're you, you have deemed him uh you know like uh he's got a, a bum knee now and and we're thinking about trade value but hey, you know man, what we, <laughs> go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. We're we dangling our franchise cornerstones out here, out here like just some uh, piece of meat to, for the wolves to come eat. And I, I, so I can have no feelings for Caspi. <laughs> okay. Well, Alonzo Ball played basketball again after a meniscus tear, so hopefully Caspi's okay. Rarefied air. <laughs> <laughs> I, really, I think he's going to track Lonzo's career too, so that's great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Same type of players. Yeah, they're not like ten years apart or anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Temple Temple's hurt too, so who knows if that's going to affect any deal? Uh, I don't know who's hurt and who we're not just resting. Is it is is Temple legit hurt? What's going on with him? Like a shoulder thing or something? Shoulder, right? Shoulder, okay. Yeah. And so on, speaking of shoulders, Kyle Anderson is seeing a specialist, I believe, early this week for his shoulder because it's been giving him problems since he came back. Um, so just added to the long list of grizzly injuries over the past three, three years, four years. Yeah. We need to put them in anyone who's playing, who might be traded, put them in bubble wrap or something, or just sit them like at this point, give Rab, Noah, Jaron, Javon, like let them run with it. Which we have, have apparently put Jamichael in some bubble wrap, but bro, now is the time when we need to turn to you. So you can show your love and affection for your boy, <laughs> Ivan Rab, who has quite frankly been fucking hooping and the minutes he's been getting lately. So congrats to you. How are you feeling during, during, during this time? Well, every, every time that I've turned the game on and I've seen him out there getting like, you know, twice as many points as minutes, uh, it makes me feel really good. The guy can work. <laughs> What, what I still haven't seen. <laughs> it's kind of a weird flex, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me what I'm waiting good. on is a three-point <laughs> shot. He's shooting. He's making like 38% of his threes in the G League, averaging like 25 points down there. So I'm ready for him to start expanding his range. Right now, he's pretty much just finishing around the rim. He could definitely use some uh, some growth on defense and like some strength. Obviously, the cat just like rebounded straight over him the other day to to beat memphis uh that that was kind of unfortunate for an otherwise like pretty solid game from rab but i'm i'm pretty stoked about that you know from from south haven to memphis not i mean it's pretty close but uh made me really happy i feel good about it good man i'm glad you have that to lean on during these uh dark times you gotta have something <laughs> we all need ivan rap to lean on hey if nothing else he's like building his future trade value so <laughs> right right uh, yeah, that's that, worse that, than the good the Grizzlies. i'll care about is what can i trade their bitch asses for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you mr rab i appreciate it 
Yeah, okay. let's let, let's give him the green light. Let's. I want this guy to shoot threes. I didn't know he would shot that well. And let's give this guy somebody to empower him. We yeah, to, we need Fizdale. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fizz, we need a Fizdale comp for Ivan Rap. Uh, what do we think? Um, a combination of Pete Kyle Corver and um, <laughs> <laughs> and Kevin Garnett. Uh, yeah, seems right. Yeah. All right. So final final question before we roll out. So the <laughs> Grizzlies are. We're going into a rebuild. Uh, what year do you think that we should reasonably reasonably be aiming to compete in a playoff spot again? So obviously this year is out of the question. <laughs> On five thirty eight, we literally had point one percent chance of making the playoffs. Uh, that, <laughs> that was a uh, yeah. That was that was when it was really finally real to me. What do you think, bro? I'm thinking that. I'm I'm thinking circa like 21. So this year, let's we're probably going to end up with our draft pick this year. Next year, it's very likely as well that we could finish in the bottom six and get our draft pick. So uh, 2021, or is that so 22? Sorry. So then Boston will get our pick that next year, and then I think if we can, if we have that, gives us like three years to put something together. Uh, right as Jaren's toward the end of his first deal. And I think that's like the first I'm not, I'm saying that things have to go well, but that's the first point in time that I would be looking for us to be competing for the playoffs again. I think anything more than that is probably both a, too aggressive and also irresponsible to be looking towards. So the 2021, 2022 season. Correct. Okay. I think that if Memphis fans think it's going to happen sooner than that, then they're just going to be setting themselves up for disappointment. But if we, if we ever, if every move we make is that far future minded, then I think that there's a shot that we could be back into relevancy around then. You have to fully steer into it in order to make that happen. It's true. Yes. Correct. Yeah. 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 I mean, that would be wonderful. But uh, (laughs) I knew this would be the counter to that 2030, right? Yeah, so the question I've been asking myself and and people who I've just come in contact with recently is: Does Jaron Jackson, the garbage man, does Jaron Jackson ever play in a playoff game for the Memphis Grizzlies? Because you do think he, you think that he'll leave the team before we have a chance to get good. Essentially, you so you really you're 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 of the opinion that he will change NBA history by not signing his first extension. Well, I mean, Chris Porzingis is just forced to trade. So, it, yeah, it, but, he, but he hasn't, it, he hasn't it, changed the situation. Well, no, this, the Knicks salary dumped him, dude. Yeah. Well, we, might, <laughs> hey, we might need a salary dump. <laughs> I mean, not well, making no way we could sign KD or any, anyone worth a damn. Shit, the Knicks can't either. But uh, they think they so can. I'm just saying, like, so if all goes well, then we, and we are competing by that time, you know, that would be nice. But I just don't see it happening like that. So I, I, just, I don't know if Jaron Jackson will ever play, even if he goes the AD route. Anthony Davis is a generational talent, and he's made the playoffs twice. Um, so, you, you know, we, we hope that Jaron can become what Anthony Davis is or even 80% of that. But you know, I, I think it's a valid question. Do, do these Grizzlies ever make the playoffs? Or does Jaron Jackson ever make the playoffs as a Grizzly? We can agree that the, the Pelicans handled Anthony Davis pretty poorly, though, right? Like, that, that would be the blueprint of what not to do. 
I mean, yeah, we we can agree with that. And we can also agree that this Grizzlies franchise has given us nothing to believe that they won't do the same. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, for sure. But, you know, that, that that that's just like that's exactly the blueprint of what not to do. And and I think that I think that Jaron resigns. I think we get at least seven to eight years to show him, hey, this is what we're going to do for you. And then hopefully we get another guy like him. I, I mean, the first, the hard part's over, like the, the finding of the guy that we think can be that, that guy on a good team. Uh, we, we believe we have that with Jaron. So I feel like a lot of those teams like the Suns, didn't have that for the longest time until they got Devin Booker. And even then didn't really intend on him being what he's become when they got him like late in the first. Uh, and then they've drafted terribly. So it could go that way too. I, I don't know. But uh, it takes a little bit of luck and some some conviction to steer into it and forward thinking about acquiring these young players to kind of develop around each other. And then a lot of luck, though, like with how the lottery bounces your way and injuries and stuff like that. So uh, I agree with you. All I want to see is a vision. But I think that um, I think that this time I think it's for some reason to have this weird feeling based on the Jaron thing, because like we we kind of got fucked with the fourth pick, you know, like we should have had a higher pick technically by chance, but the right. NBA gives us a fourth pick. So, okay, well, that sucks. Like we miss out on all these guys we thought and we were bummed, but then we end up with Jaron because everyone else kind of felt the same way. And we, he, who might be the first best player in the draft, you know, when it's all said and done in a good draft. So that's already kind of this first little weird luck that happened. And last year, the whole, the weird tank by accident, kind of like we happened upon the tank. So now we got this young prospect to kind of kickstart this rebuild so I don't know. I have this feeling, knock on wood, that like at some point, man, we never even had a first round, a first no, number one overall pick like ever in franchise history. At some point, shit's going to happen. Like, I, I think I think this is the time. I think this is the rebuild. I don't know why, but I hope so. Uh, and, and, and I hope so. Yeah, I hope it's sooner rather than later, man. I just I just look at the Western Conference honestly, and you think of top eight, you know, and you're looking at teams who are going to be good or teams who are actively getting better. I mean, I think for years to come, the Nuggets are going to be a force in the playoffs. Yeah, and Nuggets Kings is going to be Golden State. The Thunder have PG locked up and Russ. Uh, you've got the Rockets with James Harden, man. You've got the Lakers with Braun for three more years at minimum. They're actively seeking to improve their roster. Uh, you got the Mavericks now, you know, Porzingis and Doncic, man, and it's... it's who's good? Who's good in three years, though? Like, like who's good? What what teams do we think are good? Are like the top four seeds in three years? I think you know Kings, like Mavs, Lakers. I don't think LeBron will be like thirty eight. I, I think Nuggets, man. Nuggets, yeah. Those three are going to be good. Yeah. Who, who else is good in the West in three years? The Suns, I don't think so. Um, mm. Like who yeah, else is like build a nice I think, foundation? I think it'll mainly be the same. Utah. You think, you think Utah. Golden State? Say, yeah, Utah. Yeah, I mean Donovan's young and Gobert's yeah, young. Gobert. Is that core? Uh, you think the? I mean, I don't think the Rockets are good. Then I don't think. I nah. think the Dubs, the Dubs will have already uh, had to separate. Um, well, but you know, the Rockets they can rebuild in an instant. Like Moore is very good and very aggressive at not sucking. Um, other than the couple of Dwight Howard years, that they're always you know in the playoffs and a force to be reckoned with. So can't count them out. The yeah, Lakers never, never sleep on the Spurs. Spurs, yeah, for sure. So I mean, it, it's a. It's a lot of competition and a lot of teams with kind of legs up on us who have young superstars who are further along than Jaron currently is, you know? Yeah. That's what makes the NBA so fun, I assume. Yeah, so 
we just do it right, you know, <laughs> just have a plan, stick to that plan. Please. And uh and you just gotta hope things go right. Like, you know, there's gonna be people fired along the way, uh, which should be coming this summer, I would assume. And you, you start a new a new process, maybe. Should we should we hire Sam Hinky and uh start the process in Memphis? <laughs> the grind sass. I don't know. <laughs> Think of some shit. Uh but yeah, I'm I'm all for Hinky, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, oh man, I don't know what we're going to do, but I'm ready. I'm ready. My body is ready for the rebuild. Um, and, and I'm ready for this fucking trade deadline to be over so we can know what happened. So I can at least like wrap my mind around what this rest of the season looks like and what sort of assets we have, you know, at least to work with. So uh, on that note, what do you guys and Rich, we'll start with you. What do you want to see from Jaron going forward throughout the rest of the year, regardless of who's on the roster with him? Oh, regardless of who's on the roster with him, man, I'm just ready to see Jaron thrust into the role of being the focal point of the offense. I want to see Jaron getting 20 shots a game. I want to see Jaron, you know, continuing to improve his defensive rotations and, you know, his foul proneness, if you will, figuring out, you know, schemes and rotations and knowing when to just let it go. Like sometimes, you know, you just got to let the basket happen, you know, mid second quarter, if you're down by three, bro, just give him the layup. You know, he's too valuable. He's too valuable to not play 35 plus minutes a night. Um, And so I just love to see Jaron, like get that, that alpha mentality, that dog and just go out and ball out regardless of who's on the roster, because at the end of the day, this is going to be his team. What about you, bro? I think for me, on top of those things, the the ability to consistently rebound is one thing yeah. I'd like to see because he's, I mean, super tall, athletic guy. Uh, that That's one area that, at least early on, most of the losses that the Grizzlies were getting were you could clearly go to the stat sheet and say, dang, you got out-rebounded by like 15 or 20. No wonder you lost the game. So that's an area, maybe like just general toughness, kind of getting, yeah, getting toughed up, getting beefed up a little bit. Uh, that'll be like, you know, off season work, but, uh, that, that probably that area, the intangible area of getting tougher and being able to rebound better. Yeah. Like I have this vision of him in the off season going through drills with Ivan Rab and Joe Kim Noah, just <laughs> beating his ass on the boards, <laughs> like repeatedly, uh, trying to get tough. Uh, and it's good to see Kevin Garnett working mm-hmm. with him. Uh, Kevin Garnett seems to believe in him and something that KG told Jaron that stuck out to me was if you look around and don't see the leader in the room, then it's you. So uh, that that's something I want to see from him is just be, like take control of this team, uh, yell at people when you don't get the ball. Um, obviously, you can't yell at Mike and Mark necessarily, but you can, you know, you, you can do it in a respectful way if they're still on the team. Um, but also, I think those two, if they're still on the team, then the talk with the franchise has to be moving forward. Yo, this is what our goal is the rest of the season. We want to see if we can get Jaron a 40 point game. We want to see if we can get him to stop fouling. We want to see how we can use him and how y'all can be complimentary players moving forward. Uh, Especially Mark, maybe not Mike so much. Yep. I think those are all that, that, that is the direction that we've got to take. And if we, That'll kind of make or break what happens not only the rest of this year, but years into the future. So you that want to keep Joe Kim around for the rest of this year, or would you be okay cutting him to open a roster spot for a, a flyer type guy, whether in a trade or just off waivers or, or something like that? 
and probably if there's someone like specific, I don't have anyone in particular in mind to cut him for, but as far as keeping him on, I think that's fine. I don't think it's going to change the trajectory. He he himself is not going to change the trajectory of what's happening out there from game to game. He soaks up minutes and helps us lose. Yeah, I just kind of like having the crazy around and somebody yeah. with that attitude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I enjoy just like the presence he brings. Uh, <laughs> I think it's helpful for like everyone. Yo, know, that soundbite of JB saying, "Oh, Jokin's fucking crazy." <laughs> <laughs> that was great. If any, if anything, we got from the JB era. It's said that and it's fucking crazy. <laughs> oh man, poor JB. He's been dealt a tough hand. Yeah, he's yeah. making a man. He's coach he's, basketball. It's hard out there for JB, yeah. man. He shaved the beard <laughs> off and everything, man. It's deadline week. <laughs> cool. About wrapped up for today's show. Uh, go on Twitter, follow us at Backdoor Cup Show. Also, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Wherever you get your podcasts and other shows. And until then, we will see you next week. Uh, happy hunting on the trade deadline. See you later. Uh, let's go, front office. You got this, man. <laughs> Shout out Nothing But Net on Dash Radio as well. And in the can. Got another episode coming for y'all this week on a, a Spider Man movie. So I'm excited about that. Oh, yeah. That's going to be me just talking about how good the new Spider Man movie was <laughs> for like an hour. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Hey, you, you come, we're going to come on. You expected a player different roles, dying for attention. Providing with a mention, addicted to how I'm getting it might require an intervention. You ain't got protection. Ain't this the same bitch that screenshot you?